Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money. And I'm your co-host, James Parker. On today's episode, you're going to hear Gregory Ricks and our guest, Wes Blanchard. He's an estate planning attorney. Discuss this idea of shielding your assets in a trust so you can qualify for Medicaid and why, generally speaking, that is not a good idea. We have a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic. Go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 72. This is episode 72. So you go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 72. Trey in New Orleans, you're on Winning It Life with Gregory Ricks. What can we do for you, Trey? Hey, guys. I appreciate uh, appreciate the information you've already provided. Uh, re- uh, talking about the revocable trust. But basically the scenario is it's, uh, uh, I have a, my sister and I are the only, uh, only heirs. Uh, Mom is up in age, still right mind. Um, you know, there is, you know, the, a little bit of real estate in the state. I'd say the state total value is probably about, probably about 500000 mainly mostly of uh, some investments in cash. But the biggest thing that mom's wishes are is, uh, you know, her deal is, hey, at some point, if I get to the point where y'all have to put me in a nursing home, uh, I don't want them getting my money. We know that there's a five-year look back uh, upon funds and everything, and, I'm just wondering, um, you know, what's 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 the best way to handle this? Let me ask you this. Okay, you said don't want them getting my money. Who who are you worried well, about? Mom. Okay, are you worried mom, about her is, money being protected, or are you worried about it being protected? Her, her deal is this: she we've we've had family members that you know that have had to go into a, a, a nursing home. Okay. okay? Uh, you know, or she has had family members. Her, her mother and father both were, were there. Okay. She realizes that and understands that basically if you are a private pay resident in a nursing facility, you're not getting any better care than if you're a Medicare, Medicaid resident there. Okay. Uh, she also understands that, you know, if she's got funds and everything, that the first thing they're going to do is, they're, you know, they're, they're going to have a five-year look back upon that, and they're going to, you know, reach back and drain drain all her funds until she has nothing. And basically, you know, she said, and it happened to them and their family, uh, you know, and, you know, her, her deal is basically, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to get any, any better care if I'm paying the $10,000 a month bill versus being government subsidized. And I would rather y'all have the money than my, y'all being my sister and I versus paying it out to a nursing home. Okay. I'm going to give you some thoughts, Trey, and I'm going to let Wes answer for some of that as well. But yeah, there is a look back, but they're not taking your money. If you have a hedge, it's called, it, it, let me finish because I've got some thoughts here. I've only done this for more than 30 years and dealt with this. And if you have a hedge, it's called long-term care insurance. Medicare does not pay for extended health care beyond a certain point. Convalescent care like that and and those on the back end of life winding down. They don't, that's not covered. So somebody has to pay for that facility. Unless you have insurance that covers it, then it'll pay that portion of the bills. And I look at it. That's what her money's for. But also, it's not like all 
long-term facilities are built the same and cared for the same. The, the ones that Medicaid and such are paying for that the government's subsidizing because those people do not have any money. They show up poor. What? $2,000 is all they can have. Yep. And that facility is designed to take care of that level of cost and what the government's going to pay. If you've got means and can afford to, you don't have to stay. You can choose to cause stay in that type facility because it's going to cost less, but you can also stay in facilities that cost much more and have much better care. They won't smell like urine when you walk into the building, as, as an example. There's different quality. And yes, it costs more. And it depends. And that's where I define this as an advisor helping people build plans and have money. And I always talk to them about you need to. I think of it, and I think the people I work with, Trey, look at it from a standpoint of going out in the lifestyle you're accustomed to. And I think money should be prepared to be spent on the back end. And I kind of term it like this. You might need to burn through a couple hundred thousand dollars on your end of life. Why? Because you want to be taken care of. You don't want to be a burden to the family and kids. And the kids inheriting the money need to understand this. And this thing is you're not going to inherit it all because it's going to cost to take care of them. Somebody's going to have to do it. Wes? Yeah, I think the point that you're getting at, Gregory, is you know these these ideas of the the nursing home coming back and grabbing your money, right? That happens when you're paying the bill through Medicaid. That's what happens. That look back means you moved assets off the grid, so to speak, or out of their name, and they're going to look back when somebody's got to pay the bills, they're going to look for who who moved grandma's money. Yeah, That money needs to be back in her account because the state's not paying for it if she did have means that have since disappeared. Exactly. And so, you know, it's it's an issue that really it gets conflated all the time, right? Every every so often we we hear about this and you know, the concern is I think a genuine one, right? But I think the first thing to understand is what Gregory was getting at in the first place. If you pay the bill, you're not going to have any issue with the look back or them going back and grabbing money or anything like that. If the objective is to to shift assets out, and qualify for Medicaid when you otherwise would not have been able to, okay, now you're kind of open, opening Pandora's box here, and they're going to want to make sure all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And they do that, and they make it difficult on purpose. They do that on purpose because they don't want um, folks who would otherwise not qualify basically kind of gaming the system a bit, right? And and that's, in essence, what, what an irrevocable trust is trying to do when it qualifies you for Medicaid. And I hear this all the time. He hears it. I hear it. And it's just, oh, I don't want the government to take grandma's money or I don't want the government to take my money. And I I was clear. Medicare pays for so much. Then you got to go on Medicaid, but you're poor if you're on Medicaid, honestly. And the government's not going to let you move and hide assets without looking back. And that's called the look back. Did you move assets away from yourself in order to show up poor and have the government pay for your long-term care facility. And uh, a lot of us are going to need some type of extended care and help in our old age. We're going to live longer and have, we're going to need help. 
So we're going to have health care problems, wind down slower, and need help. And it costs money. If you want to be in a nicer facility, it's going to cost more. But nobody's taking money. It's just you have to pay the bills unless you show up poor. When when has that changed any other time? And that's what nobody's taking the money is if you they're not having to go hunt for the money. You're going to pay the bill as you go. I go back to my mom and one of the things is she wanted to die at home and I've got two sisters. They were helping with her, but they couldn't be there all the time. And they had somebody come and check on her every day and such. I live a, a, a distance from them. So it's not something I or my wife could do on a routine basis, but we would go help out some. And I get a call and mom had had some accidents and fell and stuff, but she's still living essentially at home alone. And, you know, some of you know my backstory. My dad died a long time ago when I was young. Mom came into seven figure settlement stuff, but she had since gone through that, which is kind of part of our core philosophies of printing, preventing that from happening me as a witness to life events that cause the money to come there and then in bad decisions for it going away. But now we reach to mom's back end and I get a call from Susan and she said, um, we had to cut the lock. They, they had to essentially, cause she was locked in, but she, she wouldn't answer the door. So essentially they had to break into the house to get there and she was unconscious on the floor and she just <laughs> number of things caused that but they said they took her to the emergency room they got her back up to speed and 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 everything's okay but she was just wanting to update me on that and then i i didn't address it but we spoke a few days later and i said we are going to have to do something and i wasn't including them necessarily but i said you need to find some place that can take care of her like we want and let me know what it's going to take. Because I just told her, I said, Mom's not going to die like that on my watch. I'm her son. I'm not going to allow it. So we got together as a family and all shared, actually, and Mom was in a nice facility. It did cost, but it was a nice place. And, and, and we all shared on that. And, yeah, we had, we had to cut checks. And then the end stage, when she wound down, you know, when she's basically said, you know, she's only got a few weeks left, there was some other aid that reduced our costs there. But it, it's just a, a, a matter of what are you willing for family members to that. And that was kind of my take on that. But I get to, once again, there's nobody, the government wants going to pay. I can't go after them. Mom didn't have any money. She had already spent it. And uh, we had a little bit of reserve kind of earmarked for final expenses and and some things like that we sold her house i didn't want a piece of that uh one of my sisters got more of that because she was doing so much more and i thought that was a fair way to go but once again the government wasn't taking anything from anybody in that case yeah and i think that's that's kind of the the hot point that you were you were referring to a little earlier right is we really want to look at the end of life situation and, and analyze that a little bit better than a simple financial perspective, right? Um, you want to go out on top. You want to go out in a way that you feel as comfortable as you are today. And I, I think that, you know, this is a, a bit of a personal opinion, but the idea that you, you kind of want 
um, a government-based uh, medical assistance, right? One that's very likely going to be lower than the standard that you had been having for quite some time. At the end, seems seems a little bit odd to me. I would want to feel as comfortable as possible. But again, you know, look that 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 costs money, and that's that's the that's the end of it, right? Um, certainly, you know, these irrevocable trusts that get pushed here or there, um, they, they, they can promise you that, look, we can, we can qualify mom, we can qualify dad for Medicaid when that time comes. Um, and her estate, his estate's going to be, uh, you know, just as good as protected. Okay. That's if everything goes well. That's if everything so goes well. So what can go wrong with well, that? Well, a lot of things, right? And, and I'm just, this is really just a high level overview of, yeah. of the irrevocable stuff, but when you set up a trust like that, mom and dad now, they have a very different financial arrangement with their money than they had previously. It, it may look like they're in control, but the truth is in order to separate your money, uh, yourself from your money, such that Medicaid's not looking for it anymore, you can only be an income beneficiary. You can't be a principal beneficiary. That's important because a principal beneficiary controls the heart of the matter. Right now, mom and dad can only get the dividends. They can get the interest. They can get a few payouts here or there. Right. Um, so now they've really lost control of the money. And from there, you really need to make sure that you don't have any any tripwire issues. Right. Because there are things that that disqualify you. you if mom takes control of that money all of a sudden one day, you know, she says, look, I'm going to go withdraw five thousand dollars from the bank account. And you say, whoa, that's well past what the interest payment is on that. You, well, she's just she's blown the trust. Now the window restarts again. So that's that's one potential issue. But this is one that you and I discussed on the break, and we've, we've seen this recently. Everyone who listens to the show has heard it at this point. Congress can undo this. They can bust your trust overnight. They did it for the IRA trusts. And, and this is a strategy that was going on for years and worked as good as gold. But overnight, Congress said, hey, we don't like that anymore, and we're done here. That, that option is eliminated. And people had spent a lot of time, a lot of money putting together that strategy. And I, who's to say that doesn't happen with the structure of the irrevocable trust that's put in place in the first place? So I think at the end of the day, you know, all cards on the table, the best option is going to just be to pay the bill. That's it. Take it on the chin. Mom or dad should go out comfortably, not on a government subsidized basis. Honestly, now when they somebody with half a million dollars cannot show up poor because they have a half a million dollars showing up poor means you have less than two thousand dollars. Essentially, there's a little bit more in in the mix there, depending on husband and wife and stuff. So they but they can have a home and it's protected, but you have no money. So when they kind of talk about what well they'll go get stuff, no, they're going to put a lien on the home. That's right, and. When the house sells after she dies, they're going to collect their part of that. They can. Whether or not they do depends, I guess, on the state. Yeah. But they can go collect and get back that uh, money that was paid for the uh, long-term care facility. That's right. And it's really, from that perspective, no different than, you know, if, if you had a situation where, um, let's say, you you know, you own a company and, and so you, you supply some some goods to someone and they stiff you on the bill and they stiff you on a $50,000 bill. And they say, look, man, I'm just not going to pay it. So, okay. So you go get a quick little judgment and they say, look, I'm, I'm still just not going to pay it. So what do you do? You go file it against their house and you say, Hey, when you sell this house, I'm going to get my 50 K plus interest. Right. Yeah. And you know, some people say that's good. I'm never moving out of my house. Well, guess what? 
it's going to happen at some point. You will pass away, and your kids will inherit that house, and that $50,000 lien is going to shock them. And it's not a whole lot different than, than what happens on the nursing home stuff. They're not going to interrupt your daily living, okay? But when it's time, they will make sure that they get paid. And they should be paid. They, they gave you services, right? Services were rendered. All right, thanks, guys. That's the estate planning attorney, Wes Blanchard, and, of course, Gregory Ricks, explaining why this whole idea of using trust to shield your assets so you can qualify for Medicaid, just generally a bad idea. I want to remind you, you have a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic. Go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 72. gregoryricks.com slash podcast 72. Yeah, if you're needing help on something like investment planning, estate planning, you know, the guided planning system that we do is uh, income planning. Just start with a 15-minute conversation, 504-832-9200, gregoryricks.com. Gregory Ricks & Associates is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Gregory Ricks & Associates are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Gregory Ricks and Associates is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Gregory Ricks and Associates and W.J. Blanchard Law are not affiliated firms. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory Ricks and Associates.